Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today we're talking about Assassin's Quest by Robin Hobb, the third book in the Farseer trilogy. So let's carve the magic of books. Now, first off, I just, I have to say it, Robin Hobb is an amazing writer. She is devastating with the words that she writes, and also so uplifting and so beautiful that it's inspiring and pushes you through. I don't know if I can adequately describe how her books make me feel when I'm reading them because sometimes it's equal parts just the things that she can put her characters through and still have me believing in them and not being weighed down by them and by what they're going through and still be inspiring is is just a the pinnacle of like her writing in itself it is quite amazing all the things that she is able to do and to write i i just have to really commend her for her ability here some i i have to i will talk about a few things that i thought i did not quite enjoy as much in this book or things that I would have preferred, but uh, in, in no way is a, a against the book, right? I think the book is what it is, and it's a beautiful and amazing book. There are just a couple of things that I, I did not, that I thought maybe would need a little bit of changing or maybe a little bit less repetition on certain things. Again, Robin Hobb is still devastatingly accurate and devastatingly powerful with many one-liners in this book that just can grip you and wrench your heart and squeeze you and make you sad and then you make you happy at the same time. So let's talk about the plot here. And before we do, I just wanted to say this is a bigger book than the last book by about 200 pages. So just remember when you're going into it that you're going to need to give it some time. It's worth it. Um, but let's talk about the plot here. Uh, Fitz wakes up. He, well, he's, we don't see him wake up, but he has been brought back to life by Jade and Burke. They have, you, they helped him use the wit. He went into Night Eyes, his soul. They went back. They dug up his body. They convinced him to move back. And now he is trying to kind of figure himself out again and separate himself from the wolf and Fitz and trying to fix that. And I just, I, I always say this. I say this every, every time I talk about Robin Hobb, but her character work is amazing. She, is able to write such good characters from you see inside their head you see what they're thinking it makes sense when he is acting like a, a wolf in a human's body it really does feel like he's a wolf in a human's body versus just somebody pretending to be a wolf in a human's body or something similar to that so i think her, her she has excellent skills there again like i always say but so Fitz is there. He starts pushing everybody away because he's starting to remember and he's hating it. And he's he's like, why didn't you just let me die? Why didn't you know? But he's he's not he's internalizing it more than just saying it out loud to them because, you know, he likes you know, he likes Chade and Burke when they come visit. But he wants to be an adult. And you have to remember in this book, he is I think he starts 14 in the first book ish, 14 and then 15. Then so he's 16, 17 ish right now. I think on the early on the on, on the, the high end, you could say he's pushing 18, but I think realistically he's pushing 16 to 17 just because of the it's tough to remember exactly and to say i think we start 16 at the end and by the end of the book he's 17 because it's this is a long long book don't forget i said that this is so long so fitz pushes everyone away he decides after a little time and he gets attacked by some forces like i'm just gonna go for me and i'm gonna go kill regal because he killed my king he is plotting against verity he tried to kill ketrican so he goes off and he goes to pharaoh and he sees all the things that regal has done 
done and all the the atrocities he's starting to commit and, and while he's on his way he meets rolf the uh the bear and the old blood the people the wit the witted who have lived and kind of eked out a not eked out but they've created a little community of themselves slash not of themselves where they can be themselves though so i like that now i i, I love robin hobb for her ability and her try fail cycles but i i think there are a couple instances of fail cycles that are, are just a little bit extra i think on this one there's a little bit of, of a fail cycle here where he's trying to get to regal and he keeps experiencing issues and issues and i i feel like maybe if we just had like one less of those issues i don't think that negatively undermines the effect of the book of him failing so often but i think it allows the reader to continue on without being bludgeoned with failure over and over again which is is fair he is bludgeoned with failure quite often so i don't think we need four things in once once you know he's trying to get to regal to kill him maybe three failures on the way to get to him is enough and not four or five. I don't remember exactly how many it was, but I did make a note. I was like, this just seems repetitive. Every time he tries to do something, he fails here. So he gets to the Pharaoh where Regal is hiding and he tries to infiltrate and he sees all the things that Regal's doing. You know, he's smoke. And then he learns that Regal is in control of the Coterie, that they have been skilled loyalty branded. They have to do what he says. And that Will is super powerful with the Will. He's able to get up, get away, escape. He goes up to the old mountain. He goes up to the mountain with to the mountain people where Ketrikin is living. Also, at this point, or a little before this, or during this, uh, Night Eyes has gone to join joins a wolf pack, and he lives with them for you know a while. Runs around with them, does stuff, but he is too you know human like, just like what fits us too wolf like to ever really be hundred percent together with them. So they do eventually come back together. So so good. And then this, uh, it was so good. The scene where Will has basically captured Fitz Chivalry and he, they, and, and Regal has, of course, and they're like, we're going to cause you pain. And they cause him straight pain with the Will. This book really expounds on like what the Will can do. And spoiler alert, it's basically anything you want it to do. You just have to know you can do it and then you can do it. We'll talk about it later, but just amazing. So he's, you know, Will has captured him and he's going to kill him. And then Verity rings out and he's like, bam, I have the skill. And he's like, I'm here. And then he's like, Fitz, come to me. And he, you know, skill imprints on him that he's, it's a command that Fitz has to come to him. And it's just amazing. And then, you know, so Fitz escapes and he runs off and he goes up the mountain and then they, they keep going. They meet up with, uh, Fitz meets Starling, a, I want to say yokel, but that's totally the wrong word. Musician, a bard. She is a bard. And they go off and they meet with some smugglers. They get taken to the mountain kingdom. In the mountain kingdom, they meet the fool. So glad to have the fool back. What is a, what is a catalyst without his prophet leading him, right? We learn a lot about the fool in these little bit where he is starting to gain some color and he's kind of molting. And he's like, I'm not a human. Like I've told you this before, but like now you have to believe me. So let's just try and finish off the plot really quick here because at this point, we are barely like 50% of the way through the book. And I have shortened a lot of what happened happened in the first half. They decide to take a trip up the mountain to visit Ket to find Verity and help him wake the Elderlings or bring the Elderlings back to Buckkeep to destroy the Red Ship Raiders. So Fitz, Starling, uh, a woman, an old woman named Kettle, Ketrakin, and the Fool and Fitz, of course, all go up the mountain and they, they keep traveling and they're going and they we find all sorts of crazy things and they, I love, they find the Skill Road, which is a road built by the Skill. Exam, see how, what, you built a road with the Skill, a, you know, a sensing map. Magic. Oh, it's more than that. Don't you worry. Uh, Fitz almost gets lost on it a couple times because it's just so powerful and he is so erratic and been untrained in the skill where Kettle, we're totally seeing like, and I didn't catch this the first time around, but Kettle, her ability in the skill and that she is a skilled person is like a 
When I say skilled, I mean a skilled, is in she has the skill, the magic, and she's teaching him this game, and she's like, this is a game, it'll focus your mind on the skill. It's like, how did she come up with this, that there's a game that can, like, basically teach you how to skill, but not at the same time? And it's amazing, and I love, uh, there's a scene where she's like, here, here's a puzzle, think about it at night so you don't skill dream, and it does, it works, but she's like, this is this is impossible, this is a tough one to solve, figure it out. And he wakes up in the morning at night, and it's just like, stop thinking about the game. I am so sick sick and tired of listening to you think about rocks all day. This is the answer. Go think about something else. And it is the right answer, but it takes him a couple uh, more days or games before he actually figures out how it worked. And it's just such a funny thing, right? So they are traveling. They end up, or Fitz ends up going through a skill pillar, which is a teleportation pillar. Takes him to a different skill city where he can kind of see the remnant of things that have gone on before. And okay, uh, back up for just a second. Again, with the smugglers, he is captured again by Regal's men and brought back. And then forward just take that out we don't we can have the smugglers betray him and he just gets away and they get away or you know something happens on that like having the the smugglers betray him and then they get across and then he escapes and then he's caught again by them and then he poisons them and escapes and i know that it i can feel that it's setting up his assassin abilities and that he's like yes i i am bound to come here and like you guys aren't prepared for me but i was just like please I don't need him caught and brought like a little ways backwards another time so that he can move forward even further, right? Like, I feel like it's like take one step, two steps forward, one step back, and then two steps forward and one step back every time. And it's like, just take two steps forward and then one step back and then two forward, you know, just let me do one step without going backwards on it. So they find Verity and they find these gardens full of statues of dragons of all shapes and sizes. They meet the girl with the dragon on her back, who is an unfinished one. They find Verity and he is carving a dragon and I totally did not remember this the first time but his dragon is the size of a boat so picture a boat now you might be thinking of like a regular boat like we would drive right now go back a little bit think of a big boat because this has to like the boats that they were using were holding a lot of people with rowers and they had to be able to ram other ships right so this is a big dragon that he is carving and he looks horrible and i'm at 12 minutes and i haven't even really talked about any of the characters or anything yet so we just got to shorten this up basically verity's carving a dragon he's gonna try and infuse it with himself and then he'll be that dragon and he'll you know take the fight to the red ship raiders we learn that kettle is a true coterie member from 200 years ago which of course because with the skill if you focus it internally you can heal yourself and basically live for a really long time and she has been skill locked because she killed her sister her coterie member in in a skill duel over the skill the Kofin, the Coterie leader which I was like ah this uh, uh, whatever it's a little off but I could see it you know where you've had that oneness of being the skill to the skill and stuff and blah 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 they fake fear out how to wake the dragons Verity goes off they destroy and just absolutely wreck the Red Ship Raiders which was amazing but then at the same time uh, Fitz is staying behind he's meeting Will he fights Will he basically destroys Will because he's like hey I've actually got some skill right now I've kind of figured it out and like Will you had three Co- to remembers died that's a toll plus you got regal who doesn't care about you doing stuff so he gets in and i totally had forgotten how regal died but he he gets in and he works the command i don't know exactly what the command would be but he totally flipped regal he i would have to assume that the command was something like support the true queen support ketrican and, and verity and be a good person and like be a decent person for once in your life because he flips around he's like verity's coming back we gotta get to the we gotta go do i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna bring back all the wealth that i stole i'm gonna push it back 
I don't care for titles. The only thing I want is to be the uncle of the key, the true king, you know, the true king in waiting, the prince. Just, it was super awesome to see him be like, yeah, and you know, it's just the skill command because that's what Fit says it is. And he's just like, you know, it's awesome. And then he does die by the ferret that the wit ferret who he... I'm sorry, this is a little confusing. Regal had killed a witted person who had a wit, a ferret with him. And the ferret's last command was basically kill Regal. And so the ferret was waiting and waiting and waiting forever. And we meet the ferret, we see it, and he's just like, oh no, I'm a paranoid ferret. I'm going to kill Regal eventually. And he does. And that part was just awesome because Regal deserved to die. But in the last months or however long he lived, he acted like a true regal nobleman. You know, he did good things for the people, but he still kept up with his... He didn't keep up with his court, but... And we just see how... We see how much Regal was shaped by his mother and how ruined he was by her. Oh, you can't trust Verity and Charity. They're out to get you. They want to kill you, you know. Oh, look, they got the big horses. If you got the small pony. Yes, Regal, you got the small pony. You are years, years younger than them. You cannot ride a big horse like they can. When you're that age, you can ride a big horse like them. Are you just dumb? And the answer is partially because you were very, you know, messed up by your mother, who was just messed up in her own right. So, you know, but of course she would be because she was named Queen Desire. So let's talk about the atmosphere here. This, the atmosphere that she writes is so overwhelmingly potent that when you read it, you kind of have to be careful. Make sure you're very in a good place in your life when you start these books, because otherwise it could just bring you down. But again, I have to just say her writing is amazing. We learn. Oh, and I forgot. We see Fitz is having these, these skill dreams and he's seeing Molly and he sees her give birth and he sees her, you know, learning with Burrick and trying to do things. And then he sees her be attacked by soldiers with, and Burrick stops them. And then she pretends to be witted to get them to leave him alone. And then and I just, it was so heartbreaking because Fitz is like, this is what I want. This is my family. And, and he can't go back to them because he has the skill call. And if he didn't, he probably would, right? But then the story would end and it would be a really unsatisfying end because the world would go bad. But we see this and as much as I love Burrick, I and Molly, I just, I was very frustrated and upset the first time I read it where Burrick and Molly decide to get married. And I totally understand why that to protect the to protect Fitz's kid, to make sure that they're not persecuted to the next town, because Burrick is a good guy, but... It's just the age gap is, is quite a bit, because if we're thinking they are, by this point, they would be, you know, 17-ish. To them, it maybe not would be that old, because whatever, they're the fantasy story in the world we're living in. And, but Burke's got to be in the upper 40s to 50s, so that's like a 20 to 30 year age gap. I've just never liked it, but it is okay, because I cannot like it and still accept that it happened. And I definitely won't be mad about it in the future. No... No siree. But I also... Let's see, what what else did I want? There was this one scene where after Verity has left with his dragon to go fight the Red Ship Raiders, Fitz realizes that it's not the skill that you need to wake the Elderlings and the dragons that have been carved by the skill coteries. It's blood and the wit. And he's like, oh, we've got a ton of blood. And, you know, because we've just killed these soldiers of Regals who have gotten it, who have followed us. And we have the wit. So Night Eyes and him have a little competition to see who can wake more dragons. But there is one scene, the very first dragon he wakes up. Let me read it to you guys. So they've been fighting. They killed a bunch of people. Some of the blood has gotten on some of the statues girl on a dragon snakes out you know kills a girl a person and then behind him a wedge-shaped reptilian head lifted suddenly the head darted out and seized the man nearest to us and the roar the dragon gave near deafened me and this is night eyes my brother 
I live, Night Eyes. As do I, brother. And then in all caps, it's, as do I, brother, and I hunger. And it was just like, because it hits you and it's just like, oh, that's a dragon talking right now. And they're hungry. And he's like, oh, uh, these guys are all for you. Yeah, eat them. They're great. And then, you know, they, uh, Fitz is supposed to be the one that goes and travels and leads the army. But he's like, no, I'm the catalyst and I'm changing things. And I'm saying the white prophet goes and you lead them onto battle into Verity. And he's like, well, okay, I guess if you change... You change everything and you'll, you change this. So it's uh, amazing. I just, I can't say anything more about it. It's so good. These epic scenes, the investment, the, the knowledge, the, the life we get. Oh, another important scene. Verity uh, switches bodies with Fitz using the skill for a little bit so that he can, you know, have a night with his wife and finish his dragon. And then, you know, so you know what's going on there. Verity reshapes a sword with the skill, which is amazing. So let's just say the skill could do pretty much anything. You just have to know how to to do it so it's kind of like programming you can do almost anything with it or anything with it if you know how if you know enough to to write it out so i think that's pretty much everything i have to talk about assassin's quest by robin hobb i love these books i think they're so amazing they are in depth they are personal they are character driven plot is good the story is good okay one more thing i have to say before i kind of finish up is that near the end of the book in the last writings by fitz he's saying the red ships learned how to forge from us you know because the dragons used to and the elderlings the red ships raided us so we created dragons the dragons raided them but as the dragons fly they kind of steal your memories of that like moment they fly over you and so because they had had all their memories stolen and some places were just totally wiped they actually did forged ones because they still had the memories but they had no emotions and no connection to and so now the red ship raiders figured out hey if we get the big rocks these special rocks we can force people's emotions into them which is kind of how they did the forging that's how we create forged right so when they destroyed the ships they found the big rocks and i'm sure you know with it's like i'm sure they were just teeming with memories and emotions because they were trying to create their own dragons and they thought oh it's just enough memories and enough life goes into it you know but they never like you have to invest your life not just memories. so but then we raid them back so it, it's a cycle and it proves it like oh if you just keep hurting each other it just keeps going so uh, i'm sorry that's another little tangent there but it's just her writing is so consistent and so invested and the worlds feel real and they make sense and there's actual actions because if you think about it yes that is what would happen so i'm sorry that's going to wrap up my discussion everybody thanks for listening everybody again i'm sorry about the break thanks to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music if you have any questions comments please send them to librapod at gmail.com you know please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from it really helps out and remember to carve the magic of books <laughs>